Good morning. Today is Thursday, March 18th, and welcome to Zoom with Zarni. Today I have uh, my good friend, Marty Masterpole, who is the county comptroller for Onondaga County, the highest elect Democrat in the county. Uh, and uh, he uh, is, uh, gives a great interview about the functions of county government, what his office does, how um, taking office in the first year during a pandemic has been uh, uh, trying on his office and as well as uh, what he plans to do and how the county budget looks currently and what the American Rescue Plan will do for the county budget. Uh, this is uh, a, it's a great interview and obviously uh, Marty and I have a little bit of a tide pass. So uh, I, I hope that uh, you, you enjoy. Uh, a few things that are going on right now. Yesterday, I released my Wonky Wednesday article with the town of Lafayette. You can check that out on my Tumblr blog or any of my social media feeds. Uh, it talks a little bit about what is in store for the town of Lafayette uh, and what the registrations are there in that smaller apple picking town. Uh, and also, uh, you know, this weekend I have my next Sunday seminar, uh, how to uh, uh, file petitions and object and um, and how to object to petitions uh, that, you know, if you go to the events page of my Facebook page, you can register uh, to get a Zoom link to go to that, uh, to go to that seminar and participate in it live on Zoom or watch for the broadcast later on uh, that day. And finally, um, uh, we uh, next week I'll be uh, sitting down with Al Sturpey, uh, Assemblyman Al Sturpey, and get an update for what's going on with the uh, New York State budget and how uh, uh, things are progressing up there. Uh, I will tell you that the one house budgets were released earlier uh, this week, and in the one house budget there is funding for elections, which is this is elections. Uh, uh, podcast. So uh, I do hope that uh, if you are pro-elections and want better elections in New York, that you call your assemblyman and, or, or woman or state senator and ask them to um, make sure that they keep the funding for elections that is in their one house budgets uh, for both the state board and local county boards. Uh, and also, uh, you know, next week is petition filing uh, week. We're going to find out where and who the primaries are. Uh, I'll have a post about that, I'm sure. And then later on towards the end of April, when we, you know, are all settled, we don't have any objections and everything's been settled, I'll do a, a Sunday seminar about uh, which areas are uh, having primaries this year and who's going to be on the ballot in those primary ballots. So uh, check that out uh, coming up uh, later next week watch for that. Uh, and But for now, please enjoy this interview with Marty Master. And we're back. I'm happy to have my good friend, Marty Masterpole, the current Onondaga County uh, Comptroller, one of the highest ranking Democrats in Onondaga County. Marty, thanks for coming on Zoom with Zarni. Thank you for having me, Dustin. That that sounds uh, that sounds odd. One of the highest ranking Democrats. Yeah, it's, it's true. I'm proud of it, but uh, it doesn't get my ring to it. I suppose. This is your first uh, time on Zoom with Zarni. Uh, I started this last year, but uh, you and I have a history. We've been kind of uh, conjoined, so to speak, uh, over the last couple of years. 
Do you remember what I told you when uh, you got elected? Uh, I called you to congratulate you. Do you remember what I said uh, that night? Uh-oh. Um, I don't. I, right. You know what? It, it's, that night is, goes, seems like a blur because it was like, holy cow, I won kind of deal. But uh, I, I apologize. I don't remember. That. No, no, it's okay because I, I, I said to you, I'm very happy. You're the right man for the job. And I never want to be in another news article with you again. <laughs> I do remember that. Yes, yes, I do remember that. that was... But here we are. So yes. uh, uh, thanks for coming on. Um, you, you know, you took office in 2019 and, um, you know, had a, maybe a two-month breather before the world went crazy. And yeah. uh, so what, is it, what has it been like in your first uh, year in office, a little over a year in office, with this pandemic uh, raging around. Yeah, so as you mentioned, you know, I was elected November 2019, January 1, 2020. Um, we roll into the comptroller's office and sort of, you know, expected um, what I'll call normal operating procedures. <laughs> um, as, you know, folks remember, there was, had been a tumultuous relationship between uh, past controller Antonacci and uh, Joni Mahoney, then county executive. So, um, you know, one thing that I wanted to set the um, start out on the right foot with County Executive McMahon was, look, we're going to be an independent check against your office and your spending and, and you know, the county government. But at the same time, um, just because you say up doesn't mean I'm going to say down or you say black, I say white. Uh, we're going to have a, a working relationship. We agreed really right out of the gate. Um, there was a huge uh, project for um, HCM, which is Human Capital Management, also, also known uh, people here as PeopleSoft, uh, the, the payroll was going over to. That was a big project he wanted to get off the ground. Um, it, it was off the ground, it wasn't implemented and past controllers had fought that. And I said, I'm willing to work with you. So let's, let's move forward, let's do this the right way. And everything was great. Um, then lo and behold, um, you know, a year ago right now, March 16th, uh, when we got our first confirmed case, uh, um, I send my staff home. We have staff who never worked remotely, working remotely. Um, the comptroller's office is basically, you know, broken into sort of three parts. We have our accounting um, division, um, the payroll auditors, which really falls under accounting, but um, the payroll side and then auditing. Well, my whole point of this is, you know, try to audit something from home when someone else is working home and, you know, we didn't have remote access in some cases. So it was, I mean, there was a, a month worth of challenges just learning how to work remotely, um, try to get things done, not knowing where this infection rate was, what it really was. You know, everybody was in the same boat. Now you got sales tax drying up, revenues drying up, you have expenses going through the roof, we're putting new filters in the building, we're doing, you know, all sort of HVAC um, filtration system upgrades, and then, then you got PPP, uh, the personal protection, um, excuse me, PPE, per, uh, per, uh, protection equipment, personal protection equipment, uh, masks, gowns, et cetera that we're trying to buy for not only county workers, but hospitals and everything. So it, it went from, and then you got a procurement uh, process that we normally um, sign off on. Well, now you're procuring these goods and you're trying to get them as quickly as possible because those are drying up and the costs are skyrocketing. Um, it was crazy. It was really craziness. And 
you know, I'm, well, I'm proud to say we got through it. Uh, I'm almost, you know, squeamish a little bit to say, you know, some things that we didn't follow normal procedures, but how could you? So, um, and when I say we, I say collective we in county government, you know, the county executive, the purchasing, emergency management, but we got through it and we worked together. So it, well, the pandemic was brutal and it still is. Um, it, it made us stronger, I think. It made a lot of county departments stronger. So Marty, you know, I, I, I kind of jumped the gun. I went right into that because the pandemic's been on my mind, you know, because this is about the time that, you know, as a department head, I was sending my workers home too and all of that and trying to figure out how to do elections in the middle of this. But, uh, you know, I think a lot of people don't know what the comptroller does. Uh, and so um, what, you know, in a normal time, <laughs> what is the Onondaga County comptroller supposed to do? So uh, the um, basically we're the chief, account, I'm the chief accounting officer for Onondaga County, uh, but we also have our audit division. So, you know, we're, we audit, um, you know, we do departmental audits. We handle what's called the single audit, which is required by the state. Um, the accounting side um, annually does the financial statements, uh, you know, also known as closing the books, which we're doing currently. Um, it's a busy time around here right now and closing the books on 2020, seeing where those revenues, expenses, everything ended up. Um, we also, as I said, during the procurement process, uh, we have um, folks that oversee claims. We're basically the, the last um, check off uh, for procurement processes, make sure contracts are in place, insurances are in place, the budgeted money is in the right spot. Um, you know, all of those things when you go to procure anything uh, in government. Um, and then of course, um, payroll, which obviously uh, everyone <laughs> loves every two weeks in county government is to, to get that nice, uh, get that paycheck. So, and um, when I say payroll, we're really payroll auditors. Um, Processing happens, and, and this changed too over the last uh, year. You may remember the revenge budget, as Comptroller um, Antonacci mentioned, with um, County Executive Mahoney pulled some positions and duties away from, and with the legislature approval, of course, away from the Comptroller's office. Used to process and audit payroll. Now, basically, the processing part falls within personnel, and we audit payroll. Uh, we pre-audit payroll to make sure that. You know, everything is your your um, hours work, their hours paid, versus union dues come out, your insurance benefits come out, your um, the reporting to the state happens um, to the pension system, as should be all of those things that, you know, uh, make sure that somebody's paid properly. So um, it's, you know, the, I, I, I don't want to say joke, I have commonly have conversations with, uh, Former controllers, and including um, my former opponent, Matt Pitnell, and I get along well. And, and uh, Bob Antonacci, and you know, if you ask what's the most important part of the controller's office, they'll say, "Yeah, you got to be the watchdog. You really got to make sure that spending's in line, the whole deal." Um, but I tend to err on the side of people like their pay and they like it accurate. You know, we're a big corporation; we have 3,500 employees. Uh, so, um, you know, there's a lot of important parts to the controller's office, but. Basically, I, I hope in a nutshell, I was able to explain that's what we do every day. Yeah, no, that was, that's great. I mean, you were city auditor um, before uh, comptroller. You were the county 
you were in the county ledge, you were also on Syracuse Common Council. So you've had a long history of um, working in uh, different governments. And, and I'm glad you mentioned the payroll thing, because I know my office is working with your office right now on a big change where we're bringing all of our inspectors over as employees, as opposed yeah. to uh, contract work, which is going to be a major undertaking. And, yeah. uh, and I really appreciate the way your office has handled that instead of gotcha moments and surprise audits, you're working with the county mm -hmm. personnel and our office to get that done. And that's going to be a big undertaking for elections. It is. It is. And um, so and for clarification for those listening or watching out there. So um, and for many years, um, elections inspectors, I guess um, you can clarify that, but basically we're paid as independent contractors. Um, and for whatever reason, right or wrong, that's how I uh, happen. Um, one of my head of um, that oversees the payroll auditors, a young man, CPA that um, I was fortunate enough to steal from Grossman St. Amore last year, uh, came in, but he's like, you know, you, you can't do this. He's like, it says it right here on the IRS website. It's in the IRS rules. And it specifically references election poll workers um, that they must be employees. They're, you know, you're treated as employees for workers' compensation purposes, all of the above. So, um, you know, and as you know, Dustin, there's a couple hundred employees. And rather than get 1099s, which we also issue out of our office as independent contractors, well, 12, W2s, 1,200 employees. <laughs> well, well, yes. Um, so um, we, um, it was a lot of work and it still is a lot of work and we'll be moving forward, but it's the right way to do it. It's the right thing to do. And even if I didn't want to do it, the IRS tells us to. So we're going to play by their rules. They're a little bit of a, I view them as a bigger government than me. So, uh, for, uh, but I was, I was happy our staff handled it. And it, there was no, there was no need for an audit or a gotcha moment. Fix it. Let's get it right. And your staff was great. Personnel was great. And it was a lot of work in a short amount of time, but. And, and it still will be moving forward, putting, you know, as the next election rolls around. Yeah, no, it was, it, it's going to be, and I think, you know, eventually um, it's, it's going to be like old hat for us once we get it all done. But, you know, it's, it's, uh, it's definitely going to uh, fix some issues in the, in the future as well. Uh, but also, you know, it, we also have to work in, the sexual harassment training videos with our election inspectors. So there's a lot of big changes coming up for our election inspectors um, in terms of how they're viewed and treated at in the county, which, you know, some people say that we have a very small department with only, you know, 14 employees, but in reality with 1200 inspectors and now in 26 seasonal machine tax, we're, we're much bigger than what many people think. <laughs> and it's a, it's a big undertaking. Um, obviously, uh, that kind of, you know, we're, we're, we just closed the books with well, Onondaga County. We are, yeah, I mean, yes, all, all expenditures should be, well, if they, you know, charged against the 2020 books, there are still some, um, coming in, which is normal. We'll, we'll give, uh, probably another week or so that we really have a good handle on where we are. Um, but yeah, but we're. I mean, revenues, you pretty much know what your revenues are. Uh, you don't get many late checks. That, to, um, but there's still some expenditures, you know, slowly coming in as to, you know, what do we build? And it's, a lot of them are COVID expenditures. You know, what's, ooh, we got this COVID expenditure. That was a 2020 expense. We had to charge it against a 2020 um, year end. So um, 
we're close. We're 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 getting there. I can you know I'm I will say that um, when at the during the budget, you know, as as you know, the county budget was pushed back this year um, to uh, the end of November. I just voted on in December actually, um, and they thought we were looking at you know as much as a twenty million dollar deficit. They were the fund balance um, at the end of last year was about seventy nine million, and you know, they thought uh, early projections said we're going to have as much as $20 million to come out of, um, well, let me backtrack all the way to the middle of last summer. I mean, there, there were um, some of the county executives briefings when discussing what's happened in county government. They, they had estimates of $100 million. You know, we, we, we could have a $100 million shortfall in county government um, because sales tax didn't turn out to be as terrible as what was early projected and um, some expenditures didn't turn out all the above. So then they, um, around the budget time, they said, we're gonna probably close at about 20 million in the hole. Um, we were not, I can confidently say, we will not close the books in the hole. We will have a surplus. Um, I, I, I don't wanna put an exact number on it, but it's, you know, it's north of $10 million. We're gonna be, we're gonna be okay. And uh, then what, you throw the stimulus money, on top of that, doesn't count. That's not federal stimulus dollars included. That's just from cuts that uh, the county executive and the legislature and what they felt were necessary. And I get it. I didn't agree with them all, but I understand what they're doing. Um, so they they had some hard hard decisions to make. They made some cuts during the year, uh, some layoffs, um, non filled positions, retirement incentives. There was a little bit of everything, and um, then we got a nice a nice. Um, sales tax payment. Uh, I'm looking at my other screen here because I pulled it up intentionally. Uh, sales tax, for example, sales tax collected in uh, 2019 was $41 million. Sales tax uh, in, in December, excuse me, December of 2019 was $41 million. In December of 2020 was $45 million, almost $46 million. So who would have thought that Christmas basically of uh, 2020 would have been better than Christmas of 2019. And is that stimulus payments? Is it now I, I can go back to my other act and then the PPP, which is payroll protection plan, you know, the companies were getting to put people on payroll, get unemployment benefits that were way up. And, and those folks spent that money. Um, so it's the, the sales tax, the negative sales tax effect wasn't what was early, when all the cuts were happening, the cuts were based on a projection of sales tax getting crushed. Now sales tax doesn't get crushed, but you still made those cuts. So we're going to finish 2020 with rather than you know depleting some fund balance, we're going to add to it. So it's a it's a nice situation to be in, but for departments like yourself and mine and others, I mean, you know, across the board, we're like, wait a minute, uh we got our you know our teeth kicked in here essentially during the budget and our cuts and not being able to fill positions and all the above. Now that you're going to end the year in a surplus, and that gets that gets to be a little bit frustrating, but but understood. So it's a tough tough situation. Yeah. So if we can dive into that just a little bit, I won't spend too much time on it. But so we started in 2020, obviously with this unprecedented situation with the pandemic, um, and nobody really knew how bad revenue would be. But we did know that we had a 77 million dollar uh, rainy rainy day fund. 79 million dollar rainy day fund and many of the democrats on the county legislature argued against some of these cuts argued against 
giving total control over to uh, the personnel department and um, and pointed towards like the city of Syracuse that did furloughs instead of cuts so they can start bringing people back quicker when uh, revenue got up. Um, it, it, is that a legitimate criticism or is that something that, uh, you know, maybe we just didn't know at the time, which is, which is understandable as well? I, I, I could talk out of both sides of my mouth on this answer. Is it, um, you know, the, the Democrats in which I supported, you know, I was trying to get funding back for my department and, and lobbied the, and the Democrats supported it. Actually, a couple of Republicans did, not enough. But um, so the one of the proposals that um, the Democrats came up with was let's, we have 79 million in rainy day fund that's raining, let's spend it. Where the Republicans were saying, no, 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 we can't do that because we know we're going to have to take $20 million to close the books on 2020. So we're already depleting the fund balance, so we can't deplete it anymore. Well, that was a rational argument if it were an accurate argument. So, you know, now I'm looking from and saying, wait a minute, we're closing the books and we're going to miss the mark by at least 20, probably probably $30 million. And rather than being 20 in the hole, we're going to be, you know, 10 to the good at least. Um, but, you know, my whole point to this is, uh, where's if we had the silver ball, had they known then what they know now, you know, we'd have a different situation. But I also fight it as, it was only December. How does not know? I mean, we, we missed something badly. And it wasn't all sales tax. I mean, there was some sales tax, but there was expenditures in departments that, um, that were just missed. And, and it happens. And is, is that a product of some folks working from home? Some things, you know, not, it, it, the, we weren't in, and I don't mean me or our department, but county government in a whole wasn't in a good groove because uh, we were going through things that, you know, we had never gone through before. And, you know, you're not sitting, you can't walk across the office and say, hey, what's this expenditure? How does this work? Why aren't we booking this? Look at, you know, it was just, it was, we were too fractured and it was, and it was tough, but, but out of any, everybody's control. So, uh, so let's get to the American Rescue Plan. Uh, you know, so, because, I mean, obviously we are, in a very good situation coming out of this year, despite what we went through uh, fiscally in county government. And now we're gonna get this huge gift uh, from the federal government. Yeah. And obviously, I, you know, I, we don't know what COVID's gonna do to us in the coming years. Once, you know, unemployment uh, bonuses and PPE payments stop, which they eventually will stop, what will you know what will county spending look like so there there is an argument that some of this money um needs to be uh you know banked for a future emergency but what do you think would be fiscally responsible for county government to do with this money and um and 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 how you know how would you like to see county services uh restored so that's a that's a key i think and once again, I'll lobby for my department, which I do regularly, and I'm sure you'll lobby for Board of Elections and, you know, Sarah Merrick for her department and, and Phil Gallupi for probation and all the, across the board. Um, I, I believe that, that um, you know, county personnel should be brought back to full strength. Um, you know, for example, on the, on the accounting side of my office right now to close the books, I mean, two years ago, 
there were five people doing the job that I have two people doing currently. So, I mean, that alone is, um, you know, and, and okay, you don't want to go back to five. You thought that was bloated, but give me three or four at least. So, um, you know, from from a short term perspective, you know, bringing bringing government back to full strength so that we can deliver the services that are necessary to the taxpayers, I think, is vital. Parks from you know everywhere from parks to probation, comptroller's to board election. Let, let's um, let's get hold. Um, and that's not really that much money. It, it, it is, but it certainly isn't going to gobble up everything that the um, American Rescue Plan has come out with. Let, let me say this. from There's multiple things going on here financially. So we're going to close the books um, in a far better shape than we thought for 2020. The budgeted cuts in 2021, including the cut in state aid, has got to be another... Um, got at least 15 million for the good. My personal opinion is that sales tax for 2021 was under projected by multiple millions of dollars. Then you take uh, the 89 million of influx of money from the feds. I mean, you look at a $150 million swing from where we thought we were going to be in November to where we're going to end up in uh, you know, June. So um this is a long way of, of getting to you know i've heard proposals let's do some um broadband you know countywide broadband services let's do you know let's pave roads let's do infrastructure improvements uh, you know the last year the year before the county executive rolled out a pretty aggressive plan i thought but a pretty good one too exciting for county taxpayers of um Improvements in, in the sports industry, the I think carrier park improvements, maybe an indoor facility, uh, county library improvements. I mean, county library and it's owned by the county taxpayers. It's a gorgeous building that sits vacant in Columbus Circle. Um, you know, let's develop that. Let's do something with it. I know, and, and whatever that is, we have an opportunity. I think to spend some money that will be good for the economy, get people back to work, all the above. It's great. And, and let me, I'm from the American Rescue Plan too, obviously there's an influx of money to um, the government, you know, to county government. But there's also the $1,400 payments to individuals. Guess what they're going to do with that? They're going to spend it. That means more sales tax money. There's unemployment benefits that remain the $300 tax. Guess what they're going to do with that? They're going to spend it. That means more sales tax money. Well, people love or hate gas prices on the rise. Guess what increased gas prices means? It means sales tax from Rocky County. Uh, you know, you got another round of PPP, payroll protection for companies to keep people on payroll. They're going to spend that money. I mean, sales tax, I, I think they grossly, uh, you know, <laughs> I'm almost talking myself into it now as I say it here on the Zoom. Uh, sales tax may be grossly underestimated based on the influx of money. And I mean, look at the um, city school district got 120 something million dollars. The city of Syracuse got 120. We got a quarter billion dollars um, going into the city and the city school district alone. That money's going to get spent. I mean, that doesn't turn into sales tax revenue, but those are, well, it could if, if there's uh, direct payments to employees. So um, we can be in a really sound financial situation and spend money. Um, and then not frivolously, but let's get some things that have been on hold and, and get into the 21st century. I mean, broadband 
um, throughout Andog County would be outstanding. It, it's it's a huge undertaking, but what a great idea. Yeah, and you know, it, not to get too partisan on this, but it, why not? We The American Rescue Plan got passed with all Democratic votes in Congress. Our, our, our own representative, uh, John Katko, voted against it. Um, and yet this huge plan is going to save upstate cities and upstate counties and put them that are mostly controlled by Republicans, I might add, you know, and, and, and yet, you know, it was a democratic rescue plan that is going to make Republican government, um, you know, fiscally sound and, and, and save and make them look good. I mean, and that's fine. You know what? It's, it's, it's good to, it's good to be in a good, good position, but there's still our costs associated with COVID. Obviously, we still have testing sites going on. The vaccination sites are going uh, gangbusters. I mean, you know, and, and I'll tip my hat to to the county executives. They've they've handled the testing and vaccinations and the pandemic. You know, tremendous. They yep. really have done a nice job. I I'd rather be critical. I really would rather be critical, but I can't be uh, at this moment. Let's. We do have a COVID audit actually underway. Um, and you know, looking at expenditures, what showed up, where did it go? Did because some places we helped a lot of you know, county government helped a lot of hospitals, they helped a lot of doctors' offices, they helped a lot of businesses. Um, and in some cases, some of those things are being reimbursed, other cases are not. FEMA, you know what? There's another thing too. We we have a, a FEMA uh, reimbursement at 100% for some um, expenses early on, so that was to the tune of. This was six million bucks. Um, so um, there's, man, the money's flowing out of Washington at the moment. And but we have to be smart. Don't waste it. Let's let's turn it into reoccurring revenue. Uh, reinvest in reoccurring revenue that can that can help. But we're going to have huge shortfalls. The Beyond Center, you know, is going to be a, a a huge expenditure because they weren't able to do any business over there. We own that facility. The amphitheater wasn't able to have any concerts. We own that facility. There's a lot of things that weren't able to generate revenue uh, like they had in the past that um, you know, are gonna have to be bailed out by county government. But that's that's part of what that American Rescue Plan money is for. Room occupancy tax. I mean, the hotels were virtually empty during all of this. So they're just starting to come back around, but there, there's certainly a lot of uh, holes to plug as well. So, um, you and I, you know, we're Democrats, obviously, and uh, um, you, former legislator, uh, there's a, you know, a big movement right now on flipping the county legislature. We're going to be talking to a lot of candidates over the next uh, few months here on Zoom with Zarni. But, uh, you know, as, as the top ranking Democrat in county government um, and a former legislator, how important is that movement? in local politics right now? Well, um, incredibly important. And, you know, the county executive, I'll, I, I feel like I'm throwing out too many bouquets to him here at the moment. The guy is masterful um, politically. Uh, he typically is one step ahead of the, the posse, as they say. Um, and why is it important to flip the ledge is, I think it's an important um, situation of checks and balances. You know, during the thing that infuriated me the most during my budget, uh, during the last budget with my office, you know, I'm going and lobbying for for my employees. I'm not I'm not getting a raise. I mean, this isn't about me or uh, my personal situation. This is about my employees. 
us being able to get the work done efficiently and effectively and not not wearing people out, not putting too much stress on folks doing free jobs, all these other things. But what infuriated me most is the legislator said to me, well, we, we negotiated with the uh, county executive on your behalf, but he, he really you know wasn't interested, to which I, I lost my mind. And I'm like, what do you mean you're negotiating with the county executive on my behalf? He's not your boss, he's not my boss. We're independently elected people. You should negotiate with me and my department. I'll tell you what I need and why. You tell me what I can have and why, and let's have a conversation. But as soon as they come to negotiate with the county executive on my behalf, I lost my mind. So that to that point right there is why um, you know flipping the edge is important. Um, and if we're going to have a Republican in the um, county executive's office, we're, we're confident we will for at least two more years. Um, you know, having a, a check against the county executive, I think is important. Look, we see in the midterm elections every year in, in Washington, the midterms go opposite what the party or the president is. Um, I'm hoping that this midterm election is, um, goes opposite what the county executive uh, is. But in, in look, I, each and every legislator I had a lot of respect for during the budget process. They all took my phone calls. We all had good conversations. I don't have a a bad word really to say about any of them, um, except let's be an independent check against the administration. And I think that's a little um, a little lacking at the moment. Yeah, and uh, you were in county government when the last redistricting was done. Well, you were you were in the county ledge. I was um, in the county ledge. I was. I was on the I was on the redistricting committee, as a matter of fact. Right. Oh, that's right. I forgot about that. You were on the redistricting committee, and you know. This legislature failed to do the city, what the city is doing right now, which is a citizen-led redistricting commission. And uh, um, and the main reason that that started coming up in the populace is because of what happened ten years ago with with the, especially with the county, or what didn't happen with the city, where they didn't redistrict any of their their seats. And uh, what was that like to be in the minority? On the redistricting commission. So it was uh, frustrating, as you can imagine. And th- let me say another thing that was important that happened uh, that we reduced the size of the legislature also um, 10 years ago, went from 19 legislators to 17 legislators. So not only were you redistricting, you were redistricting in the last districts. And, you know, lo and behold, you had Chris Ryan who wanted to run for legislature. He was over in what used to be the Jim Corbett district, sort of what turned out to be kind of the Ryan McMahon district. Uh, you had myself in the Tip Hill area district near West Side, and you had Sam Laguza who had part of the North Side. Well, lo and behold, the three of us ended up living in the same district. So <laughs> that was easy, easy way to get people out. As it turns out, as you know, I ran for city auditor and, and didn't seek re-election and neither, and Sam um, Laguza did neither. But, um, it was really frustrating because you could see what they were doing. They're like, okay, we have three, we have two incumbents, and, and Chris Ryan, who's a popular Democrat, and got us, et cetera. Uh, we got three guys who can win. Let's re- put those guys all in the same district so that only one of them wins. Um, so, and, and I'll tell you what was the absolute most frustrating of the whole situation. And this is, you know, widely known. You can go back and look at uh, financial disclosures. Um, Helen Kiggins, Pinky Kiggins, um, we actually joked, um, many people called it Pinky Mandarin rather than Jerry Mandarin because 
Um, Helen Kagan was on vacation in Ireland. She was with her family in Ireland when the vote uh, had to take place. It was, we were had our backs against the wall. They pushed it right to the very end. And um, the county law department ruled there was no Skype or no virtual, you know, no conference call vote. They had to vote person. Well, if she um, wasn't there, um, they didn't have the votes to put the redistricting through. Well, lo and behold, the Republican Party, you know, under the leadership of then Tom Beatty, paid for her plane ticket to fly back to the United States of America, the Onondaga County, to vote for Onondaga County um, gerrymandering. She gets back on her plane and goes back to Ireland. Uh, you know, she's in, back in Onondaga County for a day, uh, courtesy of the Republican Party. I, I remember looking up the, it was a couple thousand dollars they paid to fly her home um, to vote on this situation. So it was, it was disgusting, quite honestly, and, and frustrating and all the above. But um, when you have the votes, that's what you do. And, and they did it. Yeah, and I think that that'll be important this time around because the census has been delayed. So we have no idea when the county redistricting commission can vote or will vote or what the deadline is going to be on that. And uh, um, if, uh, you know, if the county redistricting commission became even because there was a democratic legislature, then we couldn't have either side push through partisan maps. Right. Uh, and that, that's something that could, could come about as well. Um, and, and you know the, you know the map, I mean, look at the maps. I mean, it's, yeah. it's easy to see how, you know, you have the Bill Kinney district now goes from Metro to, you know, Solvay. <laughs> it's just, just, just incredible, uh, and you know, and there's there's others that are equally. Well, the one hard. that, yeah, District Five is the one that is just hilarious because it starts in Dewitt, goes up into uh, Cicero, down into Salina, and into the city of Syracuse. Yep. And, it, yep. and it's obviously meant it was stacking and cracking. It's a it, you, you show this map to any redistricting efforts expert throughout the nation. They, get, they see it immediately, what happened there. And our job is to fight against that and make sure that doesn't happen again. So. Right, right. So, and, but there you go, you know, the, the flip the ledge movement um, is, is equal right there. And I believe that the county executive does have to sign off on that as well. But if you have the votes to override that, then you have them. So I think, if I remember correctly, there was uh, associating at the time with, with the Jonah. County, the county legislature signs off on it. Um, I don't know if the executive does. Uh, so the county ledge definitely has to vote on it for sure. I guess I was thinking the county executive could veto it. Uh, it's possible. I, um, yeah, that part I don't remember. But anyways, yeah. so there's so um, you know there's reason. And look, I I tell legislators now, I'm to, uh, the Republican legislators, well, I have to work with daily. You know, they call our office for information, or we, you know, we're um, you know, this, this stuff isn't personal. This is support my Democratic colleagues that you know may give me the budget resolution that I need. They may help me support my um, department. And if there's a Republican that supported me during this stuff, I, you know, I, I can be bipartisan. Um, there wasn't. Actually, I think there maybe was one, but um, anyways, it's, it's what it is. What, it is what it is. <laughs> well, Marty, uh, it's been a pleasure talking to you. I'm sure we'll have you on each year around this time to kind of Walk us through the budget. Well, you know, we'll probably have you on, Ron, when the budget comes about in July. Uh, so um, 
uh, and hopefully it'll be better news for both of us. <laughs> I agree. I agree, but I'm cautiously optimistic. I think, you know, the, the county executive coming to the state of the county here um, at the end of the month, and um, I, I'm cautiously optimistic that, it, look, they did say, I will I will give them credit where it's due, uh, the legislature too. If things turn around and become different, um, you know, federal relief or, you know, things uh, aren't what they, sales tax spikes, et cetera, will revisit some of the cuts. So um, I'm cautiously optimistic that they'll do that, but we'll see if they if they do. But we'll, uh, it should be interesting. It's going to be an interesting month. And hopefully that uh, the people they restore will be the people that they let go as well. So that, I agree. I agree. Know, that's important as well. But uh, yes. and the, the strong union jobs that... Uh, Yep. That, uh, you know, that help out everybody and not just, you know, party payoffs. But, I agree. I agree. Well, Marty, thank you so much uh, for you. coming on. Pleasure as always. Next yep. week, I'm going to have uh, Assemblyman Al Sturpey on. Uh, we'll be talking about the state budget, which is going on at this point. And, uh, of course, in flux because of... Uh, the governor's situation. Uh, you know, there's a lot to talk about there. Uh, and um, we're, we, we definitely will. Uh, I continue to release stuff on my Facebook page uh, to keep you informed. We have uh, the Wonky Wednesdays are going. We did the Town of Lafayette last week. We're going to be doing the Town of Lysander next week. And then uh, this Sunday, I have my Sunday seminar, my petition work, uh, how, you know, how to uh, file and object to petitions. So if you're getting ready to file petitions next week or anytime, uh, check that out. Either join the live Zoom call or look for the uh, broadcast later on on Sunday night. Thank you very much for uh, joining in. Please remember that this virus is still with us. There is an end in sight. Uh, if you can get a shot, get one. I'm scheduled for my second dose on uh, March 25th, and uh, I I'm, I'm really looking forward to it. But please wear a mask. Stay socially distant. The president says that if we do our part, that maybe by July 4th, things will start looking a little bit more normal again. And I hope, uh, I hope we will, and I hope you do. Thank you. Take care.